and he left the splendor of heaven. And I think of the angels. You know, a third of the angels of heaven fell, but there was no savior for them. And you know, they look in uh, amazement. You think of that heavenly host that was there at the birth, and they must have looked on in amazement that their, their, that their uh, master, that the one who they adored, should so divest himself and come for wicked creatures such as you and me. And you know their angels cannot understand. The hymn writer said they're singing up in heaven such as we have never known, where the angels sing the praises of the Lamb upon the throne. Their sweet harps are ever tuneful, and their voices are always clear. Oh, we might be more like them while we serve the Master here. But it says, holy, holy, is what the angels sing, and I expect to help them make the courts of heaven ring. But when I sing redemption's story, they will fold their wings, for angels never felt the joy that our salvation brings. Oh, dear friend, we think about the one in his humiliation and coming for you and for me. Because not only is there the humiliation of his poverty, but the identification of his poverty. He did it for your sakes, for our sakes. He did it for you and for me. It was for me, yes, all for me. Oh, love of God, so great, so free. Oh, wondrous love, I shout and sing. He died for me, my Lord and King. And I want you to see that the reason why he became poor was that we might be saved, that we might be redeemed. Oh, dear friend, what a wonderful thing that our Savior went all the way to death. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. And he didn't bear his own sin. He bore our sin there upon the tree and took my punishment who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes we are healed. And that's the message, dear friend, this evening. Maybe looking on tonight, there's the message. There is a way of salvation because Christ has made the way of salvation. He has gone to the cross and shed his blood that we might be saved. We think about the instruction of his poverty. It tells us something of the poverty of our own hearts, that the Lord Jesus Christ had to endure so much. We think about the wages of sin, his death, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. And you know, we're going down to death, eternal death, without a Savior, without a Redeemer. But thank God, those that are saved tonight are eternally saved. You think of the determination of his poverty. He, he purposely, willfully left the glory on a, on a mission. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. And I'm glad tonight that he's able to save you. But one more thing very briefly tonight is the motivation of his birth. He left the regions of glory. He was rich, but for your sakes, our sakes, he became poor. What for? 
that we, through his poverty, might be rich. There's the motivation. Came for you and me, as we've been saying. He came to give us spiritual riches. There are many preachers today who want to promise you material wealth. They are the so-called health and wealth preachers. And they tell you you can name it and claim it. And you put a voice to your desires and you can have them. And all the rest is a, a, a newer version of positivity thinking. But we read here about the Lord Jesus Christ. He became poor. There was no example here of riches. They, he lived in poverty. He was in poverty. And if you're looking for physical riches, you'll not necessarily find them in becoming a Christian. Some people uh, do get wealthier because of the new life that they live, and maybe they are blessed, and so on. But we're not looking for material riches. But I'll tell you what the Lord Jesus does. He brings you spiritual riches, riches in your heart. You know, we read about the church in Smyrna in the book of Revelation, and the Lord said to this church in Smyrna, I know thy works and tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. He said, you're in poverty, but thou art rich. What did he mean? Well, he meant that they were poor in the physical, they were poor in their material wealth, but they were rich. How? They a richness in their hearts. Because if you have the Lord Jesus Christ, and if you have God's salvation, you have more than anyone could want. Oh, there are many of God's saints and they're poor in this world and they have little of material wealth, but they have spiritual riches. And those spiritual riches are an offer to you tonight if you'll come. Not only are they spiritual riches, they're eternal riches. You know, the wealth of this world will fade away. You can't take it with you. You're going to have to leave it behind. The Lord said in Matthew 6, 20 and 21, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Where is your riches? Are you just concerned about the riches of this world or do you have treasure in heaven? Oh, what splendors, there are in that place, and they'll never come to an end. These are eternal riches. There's an eternal inheritance that God gives to those that trust in him. Not only are they eternal riches, they're provided riches. The Lord Jesus came to give them. We don't need to earn them. We don't need to work for them. We don't need to uh, in any way seek uh, by our own efforts to obtain these riches they are provided by his death on the cross. The Lord Jesus Christ has provided them. And all you have to do is take the gift. As many as received him. To them gave he the power to become the sons of God. There's an owner of a plantation many years ago. And he went uh, to show his guest all of his lands. And he said, do you see all of those extended fields? All of those are mine. And then he pointed to a little cottage that was just in the trees. He says, do you see that poor little cottage there in the distance? And he said to the guest that was with him, the woman that lives there has more 
of the, the portion of blessing than I will ever have. I don't know whether he was right in saying that he would ever have, because he could have had them. But the wee woman that lived in that cottage was a child of God. She knew the peace of God and the joy of sins forgiven. And she lived a poor life, and she hadn't much of the riches of this world. But she had the Lord Jesus Christ. And dear friend, that's what I'm saying to you. Above all other things, you need the Savior. You need the Lord Jesus Christ. As we said this morning in closing the meeting, above all the gifts and among all the gifts that you get at this time of the year, make sure that you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Will you trust him? Will you call upon him for salvation tonight? Because thank God there is a mighty Savior, and it is the Lord Jesus Christ. We, I, I, um, I know our time is gone, but let's just sing a couple of verses of the fourth hymn on your hymn sheet. As with gladness, men of old did the guiding stars star behold. We sing just the first two verses and we'll stand as we sing. Number four on the sheet. Our loving God and our gracious Father, we pray that we with ever willing feet may ever seek the mercy seat and that we might know thy blessing and thy power. Give grace to men and women to close in with God's great offer of mercy tonight. Draw sinners to thyself and may they receive that greatest of all gifts. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion and fellowship of God the Holy Spirit rest and abide with thy people both now and in the incoming days. For Jesus' sake, amen. Amen.